electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Live from the Nasdaq market today, overlooking New York City's Times Square, this is Fast Money. I'm Melissa Lear. Traders on the desk are Tim Seymour, Carter Worth, Dan Nathan, and Guy Adami. Back from the heartland. Tonight on Fast, buckle up because the transports could be signaling a rocky road ahead. We'll tell you how to navigate it. Plus, the one chart that knocked the socks off the chartmaster this week. He'll tell us what it is. And later, Disney goes all mean girls on Netflix. Why the media giant is telling the streaming giant, you can't sit with us. We begin with a wild and wacky week on Wall Street. All that anxiety, all the strife, all the panic. For what? Nothing. Markets rallying to finish the week. Basically, where we started the whole week can be summed up in one emoji called the giant shrug. So with this week in the books, we're setting our sights on the big week ahead. Just look at all the stuff coming your way. Look very carefully at this calendar. A power-packed week ahead. So how are you setting yourself up? What's that first one? National um, chocolate covered pretzel. Oh, I love uh, the calendar that. was a little light on Monday, so we, we filled <laughs> okay. it out with right, uh, that big. day, which it's could big. be very big for some people. Glad people are paying attention. Guy, how do you? When do we become a society where every day is a day of something? I mean, that's it's all ridiculous. it's all the lobbying going on. Is that what it is? I, I think people buy those things. Yeah. National chocolate covered pretzel day. I got a big Monday. shrug for the national chocolate pretzel. Got, you know, totally. What do you Chinese make of next week? To town what do you make the, yeah. of next week? I'm glad you asked, Mel. And it is great to be back, by the way. Thank you. I'm still, listen, I, I'm still bearish. I know that you feel good coming out for Wednesday, Friday when the market rallies 400 Dow points after reversal yesterday. Everything feels good. But I'm still of the belief that there's significant headwinds out there. And the VIX which probably plateaued earlier this week, north of 21, back to 17, is still too cheap in this environment. So although today feels good and yesterday's reversal feels good, rates continue to head lower. I think that's a warning sign. And for those with the optimistic view that some magic deal is going to come out of the U.S. and Chinese, I still think it's wishful thinking. I don't think a, I don't think many people expect a deal to come up. But President maybe, Trump keeps maybe saying, you know what? tariffs will be delayed. The tariffs that will hit the U.S. consumer. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if those half of that 300 billion that was announced on August 1st um, that it was delayed until December 15th is really something that's weighing on the markets right here. So to me, um, you know, if that was kind of pushed out, I don't think it's something that we see the market just kind of lift. Um, it is a headwind that we can look out and say, put your finger on. Um, I'll just say this, you know, about this magic deal like you just mentioned. You know, whatever deal that just has to do with buying soybean or pork to really focus on the trade deficit, I don't think it's something that you want to buy. It's something that you want to sell. And if you look at some of the data that we've had, some of the PMIs that we've seen, China's is actually stabilizing while the U.S. just took a leg lower. So to me, that whole notion that if you were buying U.S. stocks because you think we could decouple from EM or China, that sort of thing, I don't think there's any decoupling from the fact that global growth is slowing and now we are starting to catch up a little bit. I mean, essentially, it was a very defensive week. I mean, yes, we recovered today, but if you were to look at a sector by sector basis, it's utilities that were up on the week, it's REITs, it's staples, mm-hmm. it's healthcare. And everything else is down. And tech pulled off a, a gain on the week, but tech, in a way, is defensive. And what we know is mid-cap, bad week, small-cap, bad week. Rates are saying a certain thing. So you can recover, but did you really undo the damage? 
But I what did you so. want to see to undo the damage? I mean, we saw a resumption of the groups that had been leading anyway, right? Because we saw that rotation into value. And so we saw value stocks lead us out of the midweek rut. Yeah, but value, remember, that, that the, the initial move in value, let's say six, seven weeks ago, and then the incredible give back, you're still, you, you're still made no progress in the so-called value recovery trade. Well, so being the only reasonably constructive person on this desk right now for the markets, um, I feel the need to stand in the pocket and point out that, in fact, we we really did, uh, at least in the short run, recover. Um, You know, the S&P got back above the 50, barely. And let's see. I mean, this is arguably still, this is the line in the sand. Uh, And if you think about the data that we had this week, we had very poor services PMI. Uh, Frankly, that's the surprise of the week. If you think about, uh, we went into that number saying, hey, a month ago, we had terrible manufacturing data, but services pulled us out. Then we go to 80% of the U.S. economy and learn that services actually are two and a half points weaker than where they were. Um, is the rest of the world stabilizing? You know, you talk about the Chinese data. You're right, Dan. I, 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 at least this week, you had the private uh, PMI manufacturing survey in China that was up a point is in, in acceleration mode. It's above 50. Uh, and the state one was just around 50. But, but if I look at the week-over-week numbers, there's no question that the U.S. data um, took a leg down this week. And I think if you look at the payroll numbers this morning on the headline, as much as you want to breathe a sigh of relief uh, and terms of that you you actually some upward revisions and you had a number that came in more or less in line to net it out of even Uh, hourly earnings were down and if you look at the three to six month average we're down about a hundred thousand jobs to where we were in 2018 on the on the private market so it's hard to say uh, the US is moving higher Um, what I think it's all about is positioning and expectations and right now uh, I don't think the market has any so what was behind this 1.4 percent rally do you think today was it that the jobs number was Goldilocks-ish. So I think it's a combination of a little enthusiasm about trade and the fact that rates are going lower, and then you get into this Tina thing. There is no Mm. alternative. And I just want to say, you know, you you have been constructive, um, and there's no reason to actually say that things, the bottom's going to fall out here. My point, and I I think I've been very consistent for like a year now, when we get back up to the prior highs and we make a new high, it has never been in 20 months an opportunity where you can say, I'm going all in, this is a great opportunity to play for the breakout, okay? We have fallen every single time. What, four or five times now, Carter? The only way- It's the market that's pretending to make new highs as the internal sector by sector is not corroborating. Right, so I'm just saying that you can be constructive with all you want. You can trade these pullbacks that we get from these highs, and there's been a lot of great trading opportunities, but the market has made little progress. Going all the way back to December 22nd, 2017, when they passed that tax cut, that was the thing. That was the Trump trade. We're up, what, 200 points in the S&P 500 since then? We've been going sideways since then. Well, the thing is, I mean, as Carter mentioned the other day, I mean, every single pullback had has been a trading opportunity to new highs, except for this very last one, this last one when did, we failed to take right. it to and new highs. And here we are. We have this quick plunge, this kind of snapback. And yet, think about it, a really bad week for the BKX, a really bad week for S&P 500 industrials. For transports, meaning it's back to the same old thing. It's not being confirmed by the things that you want to confirm. We're going to have the great Josh Lipton on, but don't underestimate the Apple news. And I don't want to, you know, I want to talk you know, Apple before we need to talk we Apple. Need to talk Apple, but to answer your question, <laughs> mm-hmm. that had a huge part. But, yeah, of yeah, what, no, but yeah, to to illustrate right, why today rallied the way that it did. I think it's important in the context to bring it up and not yeah. wait. 11 or so minutes. With that said, if you had said to me, Guy, the Dow's going to be up 380 points on Friday, 
what's the bond market going to do? I said, well, Melissa, given the fact that we've had a nice rally and yields have gone lower, I think the bond market will sell off in a meaningful way. Wrong R-O-N-G, because if you look, the TLT is now pushing up against 146 and threatening the all-time highs that we saw only a few months ago. So rates, the bond market is way too volatile, number one, and I do think that rates going lower is not as bullish as maybe the market might like to think. All right. Well, we saw some pretty wild swings on Wall Street this week. One chart, though, really stood out to Carter. So why don't you head over to the plaza and break it down? One chart. It could be three or it could be two, but let's go with one. And it's a two-panel chart. And here it is. So the lifeblood of the system, financials. And then within financials, forget about insurance and forget about broker-dealers, but big, heavy banks. The KBW Bank Index. It is names, as you know, Citi, Bank America, J.P. Morgan, Wells Fargo. And others. And what is remarkable, because it speaks to, frankly, not the importance of me, I'm nobody, the importance of technicals. A stock, a currency, a commodity, every single time it's come up to this, it has failed, it has failed, it has failed, it has failed. I mean, literally, it's touched that line. Sometimes you can draw circles, but the point is, it's every single time. Is that the DCF? Is that enterprise value EBITDA? Is the collective peg ratio of those stocks? No. It's machines and it's charts and it's technicals. Here, even more unbelievable, is that look at the performance on a relative base. So the bottom panel is the BKX's relative performance to the S&P. And it literally has touched this line, and I'll do it with a red arrow here, has failed, has failed, has failed, and it got up here and has failed yet again. We're below where we were from the Trump bump, the election. So much hinges on the cyclical trade. The value uh, trade is a trap. And I don't see anything that's changed. And I think this chart speaks to that as much as anything. The value trade has become a trap, Tim. Well, you know, the value trade got a, a fresh endorsement six weeks ago when we saw this violent rotation. And, and banks were a major beneficiary. And as we talked about probably in yesterday's show or two days ago, when essentially you had a two-day move in banks that took 5% out of that banking trade and left you back where you were. Well, in the last two days, uh, I think you've taken half of that move back. Uh, when I look at the banks, uh, I do think that there is a valuation argument in favor. Therefore, uh, I think they can be more constructive. There's no denying what Carter's talked about in terms of where uh, the KBW, which is certainly uh, giving you the more pure bank exposure. The XLF, Dan, sometimes talks about not being the pure play, right? Because you've got a lot of Berkshire in there. Yeah. You've got some Blackstone in there. Certainly in the case of Blackstone, you've had an outperformer. Yeah. Um, but, but banks in this environment where yields are going lower are going to come under some pressure, even though the yield curve is actually steepened in the last couple of days from the short end. So... I would agree with that. I think sitting on October 15th, I mean, we got, what's, where was Carter just now? At the, the, the plasma. The, the, at the smart board. Uh, he yeah. did an amazing job, but we often go there to do something that we like to call the, Tim, please help uh, me. The power pitch. The power pitch, yes. And, and to Tim's point, we actually power pitched a bank a while back saying maybe the bond market has gotten ahead of itself. Maybe at 65 to 70 percent of tangible book city is cheap. But these are trading vehicles, and the move from 62 to 72 was exactly what it should have done. Yes, it bounced today, but I think banks, the trajectory has been lower. I think they continue to go that way. Yeah, that, that was a great power pitch from a trading perspective. Thank no you, Dan. No, the sentiment was bad. And it Mel, got how do you back feel that we've level? now completely changed the name? You're shaking I'm your head. I'm very frustrated. But, but, here, but here, here's the thing. You know, we were talking about two weeks ago when J.P. Morgan made a new all-time high. It was probably the only bank in the northern hemisphere that has done that, right, if you think about it. And so, um, But what did it do? It went from 121 
to that new high right down to 110 yesterday morning, like that, you know? And so, like, to me, that's just a failed breakout. And the rest of the money centers have never made a new, like, they haven't even made a new high. They've just been trending down. And then you look at the investment banks. You look at Morgan and Goldman, they're disasters. They, I mean, they look like they're going to be dis different businesses the in the next yep. cycle. So, you know, I mean, to me, I just think you can buy these all day for capital return and for, for value, but they're just, they, they this look This sounds dead to me the like the, one of those moments where you're going to tell me J.P. Morgan is the worst chart you've ever seen. No. I look at that chart over the last two years, stock's done nothing. But it certainly hasn't been a devastation. It's actually traded just in a range JP, JP with a company a that's been giving you record profits. And actually, I, 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 I do. Mel is just sticking up for me. I say every the time one that one is that down, that's the one you buy and sell everything else because it just seems like <laughs> that's the well, one. It is the best in class, but also it has not provided any return yeah. and, and adjusted for risk in beta, it's a, it's a disaster of a pick relative to other choices in the equity market. Well, relative to staples and defensive. I, and, and look, you are right on a risk-adjusted return basis. We've seen a fair amount of volatility. Um, I think a lot of investors that watch this show are not trading in and out of the market. They want to be in, with companies with good balance right, sheets. They want to be with companies that, that actually are, are improving can, their can, earnings Can we markets? just make one point? And maybe make they want to split them, them up here. It's taken split 10 them years for these companies <laughs> to delever, to get to where they are, to be able to return this cash, to have these values, and they're massively outperforming the, 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 the market. So if we are late cycle and rates are going to zero, which Who's they probably are. massively outperforming the market? Underperforming. Okay, and the they're not massively under underperforming. Well, they're, they're, they're Carter. Yes, yeah. they are. Yes, they are. Right. Okay, whatever. Okay. I, I see J.P. Morgan is sideways, no. as is the S and P. No, 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 no. Hold on. I, you just saw it on the plasma. He just showed you. Right, you just what showed were you, you doing? Picking your nose or something? Listen, here's the deal. If we are this we far along yeah, I mean, after seriously. the financial crisis, oh, there it is. this late cycle, why would you be buying banks even for a long-term investment? You are going to be averaging why, it for years. Why don't you sell years. everything? Like, you guys are trying to tell me that banks are going out of business right now, and I'm telling you that the charts aren't that bad. I'm also telling you that J.P. Morgan continues to report record profits, and they're giving more capital back, all right. and I feel comfortable. So why don't investors bank? appreciate okay. it? Why is all it right. outperforming? I, I, okay. It's done what a lot of other all sectors right, have done. boys. Boys will be boys. I hate that <laughs> expression, will. actually. Why? And you guys, I we never said anything about going out of business. Don't drag me into <laughs> your, to your, to your money. Right. Sorry, bro. Coming up, it's a conversation the traders just can't wait to tackle. Apple rallying today and reports the company is ramping up iPhone production. will trade the big move. Plus, Disney taking the fight to Netflix in the latest episode of The Streaming Wars. We'll tell you if the Mouse House can really keep the streaming king down. We're live from Times Square in New York City. Much more Fast Money right after this. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. bouncing today on a report that the company is ramping up iPhone production. Josh Lipton's got the very latest from San Francisco. Hey, Josh. Melissa, for once, the rumors around the iPhone are positive. Often reports suggest lagging demand, but this time with expectations muted, rumor has it that those new iPhones could be more popular than many expected, with the Nikkei now reporting that Apple told suppliers to increase production of the new iPhone 11 lineup by as much as 10% or 8 million units to meet better-than-expected demand. The rise in orders is apparently driven by the lowest-end iPhone 11 as well as iPhone 
iPhone 11 Pro, with the iPhone 11 Pro Max orders having been slightly revised down. CEO Tim Cook himself told a German publication just this week that sales were off to a very strong start. In his words, though he didn't disclose specific sales figures, these new iPhones boast a faster processor, longer-lasting batteries, improved camera systems, and the iPhone 11, the successor to the 10R, was priced $50 lower at $699. Deutsche Bank analysts saying that year-over-year -year growth in iPhone revenues looks increasingly more reasonable if this report proves to be true. Investors, of course, have piled in. Apple has now soared more than 40% this year. Questions remain, though, about demand. For example, in China, Huawei already offers a 5G handset. Other Chinese vendors will soon launch 5G devices, too. Tech analyst Patrick Moorhead says competition from those Chinese companies Offering 5G smartphones could impact demand for the new iPhone 11 lineup. Melissa, back to you. All right, Josh, thank you, Josh Lipton. Uh, let's trade Apple here, Tim. Well, so you know, J.P. Morgan was out there talking about actually that iPhone shipments could be higher. This was an upgrade. Mm -hmm. This, By the way, this is a chart, guys, that everybody thought had broken down. It may be going to get those new highs, so we'll see. Jerry's still out. Um, but I do think when you talk about this company, people don't have necessarily, they have not increased their expectations on shipments anytime recently. And meanwhile, the, the, the refresh cycle, the new phone cycle, and when you get into the 5G phones for next year, it really could be a catalyst for a company that, granted, what we've been saying, the catalyst has been, has been service-related uh, and capital markets-related. And I think those are also the reasons to own the stock. That chart looks pretty nice, Carter. Oh, good. In fact, we did it a week ago. You hold did on, it. Hold, on, hold on. So Carter's found a stocky like Dan? Can we... How's that chart? Just, I like how's, that chart? I, I, how's that chart? I, I, listen, I, I think that you get back to that prior high from September when it was 233. It had a 40% peak to trough decline in three months. Guys, that was the largest market cap company in the world that lost what are we talking? billion. We're not talking dollars. about that. Okay. We're talking about the but chart no, no, right now. On, Tim. You had your little Are you time. listening? Yeah, no, I mean, come on. I'm listening so to you. So what are we talking about? You know, what did we just hear Doug talk about? We talked about China. Okay. Do you know what their market share in China is? Six and a half percent. They're number five behind names you never even heard of, like Xiaomi and Oppo and all this sort of stuff. So if China's not coming back for them, North America's saturated on the most iterative phone. For your seller. I I'm not buying it here to get to all-time oh, highs. Your like seller. The chart is good. We approached that high four months ago. We reapproached it. We reapproached it again. And then how about a would-you-rather at the oh, same multiple oh, as wow. the market? Would you rather would have you this rather. or the S&P? I'd rather have this. I'd rather have the S&P. I'd rather have this. Okay. Oh, well, that's what makes a market. Right. I mean, this is, I've been, remember I always like to say that sometimes I'm a participant and other times I'm an actual viewer. I find uh -huh. myself loving what's happening here. But I'll say I'll to participate. take. I'll participate right now. I mean, I'll push back a little on Tim. Not a boy. He feels this. I know Tim feels as if he's sort of lone wolf out there. Yeah, Remember Lenny and Squiggy, by the way? I mean, and you're lone them. wolf. Who's the lone wolf in Bachelor Party? What, what were they called? They were what called are you the, talking about, Lenny what, and Squiggy? No, he's out yeah. there. Yeah. Lenny and Squiggy. Lenny was the lone wolf. Oh, I didn't know that. And now Tim feels sort of like Lenny. I'll okay, be his Squiggy right now. I do not feel like Lenny and I've spent for quite some time. Shirley or Levine. I thought Apple was going to reach. The the big rag, you're, so you're the big I'm ragu. The big ragu. So basically big ragu. retested the high. And we, here we are right now, 228. Okay. So what do you do, Apple, right now? And the Thank answer you. is I would be taking profit. So I'd be going against Carter. I'd be going against him. And for some reason, after Josh spoke, Bewitched came into my head. And why is that, Tim? Because, because Agnes Moorhead, Moorhead was, she stole okay. every episode she was in. I don't even want to. Enough for tangents for now. Um, you can read more about Apple. On our website, cnbc.com. We're live at the Nasdaq Market Site in Times Square. Much more fast money coming up next.
can't stick with us! Disney ripping a page right out of the Mean Girls playbook. What the media giant said to Netflix that's getting a lot of buzz. And later, a rocky road ahead? What's next for the transports after they closed out one of their worst weeks of the year? Stick with us. More Fast Money right after this. What does it mean to be rich? Maybe it's less about reaching a magic number and more about discovering the magic in life. At Edward Jones, our dedicated financial advisors are the people you can count on for financial strategies that help support a life you love. Because the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Learn more about our comprehensive approach to planning at edwardjones.com slash findyourrich. Edward Jones, member SIPC. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. Welcome back to Fast <laughs> What's going on here tonight? Uh, Disney taking a page out of the Mean Girls playbook, telling Netflix, you can't sit with us. Disney is banning Netflix from advertising on all of its TV platforms except for ESPN. It comes about a month before Disney Plus launches. So is this a big blow to Netflix, the guy? It is a big blow to Netflix without question. But did Netflix do exactly what it needed to do technically? And my pushback would be yes. So although... It is a blow. I think that the reason why Netflix traded down to basically that 250 level that we flagged is for everything we're talking about now. So is this now is the time to sell it or is the news out now the time to buy it? I would say you get long Netflix against a recent low, which if memory serves, was somewhere around 252. I think the reason why Netflix sold off as precipitously as it has is because of that and other factors as well. There was also, by the way, a report put out by Similar Web with data which showed that international users were bouncing back, and that was a real source of, of the problem Angst. in the last quarter. We yeah. talked about that last night. As International subs, I think, are the more important part, especially because I think domestic subs, are you're running into some saturation. It, it, but the fact that these guys are beginning to have a little bit more of, I don't know if this is acrimonious, but a relationship that at one point was, was even strategic and complementary, uh, and we started to see whether it was the Marvell being pulled back, whether it was some of the different properties, um, it's not going to get easier for for Netflix to operate with some of the other big content producers. But back to the stock, Guy wants to talk to, about the chart. I want to talk about a market that's no longer rewarding stocks that don't make money. Uh, and I think Netflix is at least near the top of that list. So it's very difficult for me to say that this is a turn. And in fact, I think the stock's going lower. I'll just say what's interesting about this announcement as it relates to advertising, I think Netflix spent $1.8 billion advertising last year to gain subs and then promote the movies that they actually do. Like they have a totally different model how they get their things out there. So to me, I actually think this is not a great announcement for them strategically and how they put their content out there. Final trade time, Tim. Well, a lot of time spent on Apple, even though guys started talking about it too early in the show. But I like it. I like it relative to the S&P, and I like it on a breakout. Apple. Carter. A stock that's poised to pop. Poof point. Breakout. Poof. Damn. Uh, yeah, I think you sell the banks here into that uh, earnings season. I don't think they're going to have a great outlook for Q4. KDE, sell it. 
guy back you know, in the heartland. You mentioned I was in the heartland. The Can heartland. I just say one thing? Sure. Well, I mean, I'm going to do it anyway, right? Yeah. I was in Wichita, Kansas. Uh-huh. I, honest to God, some of the nicest people I'm I've ever sure. met. I hope big fans do. Why are you surprised about Chicago, that? I'm not, Come Chicago on. Mercantile Exchange. Options Actions coming up next. Stay tuned. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.